Welcome back to the Querida Mari podcast. I am your host, Maria. And remember, this podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or mental health advice. You are encouraged always to seek independent medical advice, counseling, and or therapy from a professional healthcare provider with respect to any medical condition, mental health issues discussed on this podcast. This episode today may discuss some form of abuse as well as descriptions or childhood abuse, and it may be triggering for you, or it may not. Please use your discretion when listening. The point of views and opinions expressed are solely those of the podcast author and or the individuals participating in the podcast. These opinions do not represent anyone else's. With that said, let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about how to survive family gatherings. Observe, not absorb. As you know, I am still practicing private practice, and my clients are having a really difficult time, as always, during the Christmas holidays. Christmas holidays are so, so stressful for many of us. And I'm here to give you just a few tips that you can use that I've been using with my clients um, during this time because it's really, really hard. I mean, it, it triggers family issues. And when it triggers, it triggers childhood shit. And that shit is real. It's not like it's not real. Um, one thing with trauma is that with complex trauma and multiple types of trauma, which I'm pretty sure we are all dealing with more than one because life, life is a long time and it's very, very difficult. So when one thing is triggered, when you're triggered in a family event today, it brings up the bullshit that was not dealt with from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago, from 30, 50, 70 years ago that still has not been processed, okay? So one of the things, well, I have a few here for you, so let's get started. So one of the things that I have for you is have realistic expectations. Ask yourself this question in regards to those difficult family members, okay? Because we all have those difficult family members. Have they always been difficult to get along with? And the answer is, if they've always been difficult, chances are they're going to be difficult again. They're going to be difficult when you go there. They're going to be difficult. So if they've always been difficult, what makes you think that they're not going to be difficult this one time, right? That's, now, that's mental. Like, that's an intellectual thing, right, that we have. Like, you know, maybe they're going to be different this time. And that's hope right? You're hoping that this person will be nice to you this one fucking time, right? You can hope. You can hope. You can have hope. But let's be real, right? Chances are they're not going to be. So number two, right? In regards to these difficult family members, keep in mind that you're not going to win, 
with these antagonistic, manipulative, condescending family members, <laughs> right? So your reaction to them is very crucial, right? Your reaction is crucial for your psychological safety. We have to keep our, our psychological uh, mind safe from these individuals, right? So how can you win? How can you win for you? And one of those things that um, Dr. Romani, if you're not if you're not following her on YouTube or social media or something like that, I think that you should. And one of the things her name is Dr. Romani, R A M A N I, and I will link her um, her name on the show notes so that you can follow her because she's amazing. Um, and I think you will really gain a lot of knowledge from her. But one of the things that she says is don't go deep, right? D-E-E-P. Don't engage, don't explain, and don't take it personal, right? Because these people are, most of the time, they're antagonistic, they're very manipulative, and they're extremely condescending, and they have a way of getting into your head right into your brain into your psychological mindset there and you they will manipulate and speak in a way that you're that will leave you wondering what the fuck just happened okay so don't engage don't explain and don't take their shit personal that's one way for you to take a key for yourself so that you can win and keep yourself psychologically safe one of the things, too, that came to me that I was talking or I think I was journaling last week and it and this thing came to me, this saying, observe or doing, observe, not absorb, right, which is the title of this podcast. What do I mean by that, right? So imagine this. If you were a complete stranger, right, and this were the first time that you're going to your family's event. Right? So think about your family as not your family. It's just a complete stranger. You're going in there for the very first time. What do you usually do when you go to somebody else's house? Right? Would you observe? Right? Would you be observant? Because remember in back in the day, right? Like think about this is how I used to do it when I would go to the clubs. Right? I would walk in. The music is fucking blasting, it's blaring, it's really loud, and you're like, yes, music is going. And then you're moving your body, you're walking yourself to the dance floor. Well, I would walk straight to the dance floor, like literally run to the dance floor because that's my shit, just dance. And then you're just like, all right, so what music is playing? Who's here? Who's there? And you just scope the scene, right? Now, that's what I want you to do. When you go to your family's house, scope the scene, right? So what I want you to do is observe. Now, what do I mean when I say not absorb, right? Because sometimes when we go to the family's house, we tend to do, you know, as soon as we get there, we'll engage, we engage in conversation. We engage with this one. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Da, 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 da. You don't, and you don't observe. You immediately engage. 
right? So as soon as you get there, try something new. Just this once, I'm going to try something new, you say. So try coming in the house, you say, your, you say your hellos, and then you observe. So, you know, what's going on here, like in your head, right? You're like, what's going on? And then scope for the conversation that's the healthiest. I'm not even going to say, like, look for the healthy conversation, because sometimes just that shit does, doesn't exist. So look for the most healthiest conversation. Because usually the healthiest conversation is the one where no one's talking shit about anybody else, right? So I'm not talking about the weather or I'm not talking about politics or whatever, whatever. That's superficial, okay? That's not healthy. That's just superficial shit. But if that is the healthiest conversation you have, then engage in that, okay? But just be very observant. So if you're going to this party with your partner, your husband, wife, partner, make sure that you have an exit strategy. Okay, that's number four. Tip number four. Have an exit strategy. How long are you going to be there? Okay, so what do you, can you know, like, do you go to your partner and say, okay, you stand next to them, you say, okay, I'm ready. That's, you know, that's the... The strategy is I go to you or you come to me and when you say I'm ready, that means you're ready to go. But make sure that you have a plan, okay? Check in with each other. So if you've been there for an hour or two hours, it's like, hey, how you doing? Good, good. You're having a good time? Yeah, you check in, right? Are you ready to go? No, I'll stay here for another minute or so. So just check in, okay? You, you got this. You can do this. But make sure that you're not staying in. For, and suffering because your other partner's having a good time. So if your other partner, if you're like, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh my God, this is great. I'm having a good time. How about you? Oh, I'm good. Don't fucking lie. If you're not good, you're not good, right? Don't do that, okay? Don't suffer through it because what you're doing is your central nervous system, you're feeding your central nervous system with a lot of toxic shit, right? You're absorbing the toxicity, the family shit, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to take a serious dump on the way home, and you're going to shit on your partner. And your partner's going to say, what the fuck? I asked you, right? Like, how you doing? You told me you were okay. Why didn't you tell me, you know? Why didn't you tell me you weren't, you know, you weren't okay? Well, well, you know, you were having such a good time talking to Theo Jose and I didn't want to ruin it for you, blah, 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 blah. No, okay? Don't do that, right? Either you go and you talk to Theo Jose too or you say, no, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. But don't absorb the shit and dump later, okay? It's not good for you. It's not good for your partner and it's not good for your relationship, okay? Because it's not good for you to be absorbing and be emotionally constipated, you know, either by biting your tongue and then blowing up in the car on the way home, you know. And, you know, I also went into the, the got on the internet and Googled this saying, like, I caught myself, like, biting your tongue. And that's a term that I never fucking say. But as I'm writing this script, 
it came out. It's like, oh, don't, you know, don't get emotionally constipated either, you know, or don't, and don't bite your tongue. The thing is that I actually heard my clients say that a few times this week, right? So I went in and I'm like, where the hell does this biting your tongue come from? So I looked up and it says this, I, I'm going to read it to you exactly as I read it. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark, okay? So a fire is set by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. So poor tongue, right? Like the tongue part of the body that corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of his life on fire and is and is itself set on fire by hell. I was like, what the fuck? So then I I'm figured, okay, the whole course, fire, hell, the tongue, like that shit has to do with the fucking church. Dug deeper. Yes. I found, sure enough, Proverbs 17, 28, and it says when even a fool bites his tongue, he's considered wise. So shut your mouth when you are provoked. It will make you look smart. So I'm thinking, all right. So if you're a fool and you bite your tongue, you'll be considered wise. So when you're provoked, shut your mouth and you're going to be looking smart. But what about these antagonistic, manipulative assholes in the family? Are they biting their tongues? No, they're not biting their tongues. They're causing fire everywhere they fucking go, right? And then the other, the other people, the people that are empathetic, that have feelings and feel feelings and aren't afraid of feeling feelings, they're the ones, to, you know, like putting the fires out, make, you know, like peace, peace, keeping it quiet, biting their Fuck that shit. Don't do that. Don't do that got curious and I looked up I looked at the proverb right before the the 28 I looked at the proverb 1727 and it says an understanding heart keeps you cool calm and collected no matter what you're facing fuck that fuck that shit an understanding heart that is so fucking gaslighting an understanding heart what is there to fucking understand like this, these family members are fucked up. They're mean, they're cruel, they're antagonistic, they're manipulative. <laughs> what is there to understand? I'm like, oh my God, the church is incredible. Okay, if you love God, I love God. I love the source, I love the creator. I love the universal flow. One thing, if you know me, I don't like the fucking business of the church. Just letting you know, okay? Letting you know. Don't like the church, never like the church because it is a business. It has nothing to do with Christ. But you do you, boo, okay? You do you. So let's go back. Again, don't engage. Don't explain. Don't explain what you're saying, what you're doing. Don't try to explain in your head what they're saying what they're doing because it probably will not make any fucking sense. They're mean because they're mean. They're manipulative because they're manipulative. It is what it fucking is, okay? Just don't 
go in there and absorb their toxic shit. Don't do that, okay? I'm going to give you another tip that I use when it comes to hypnotherapy, which is anchoring yourself. Another word is grounding, right? So an anchor could be a visual, a visual something that you see that will spark the memory of you to check in with yourself, okay? So either you wear a ring or a bracelet or you wear a shirt that when you go to the bathroom, anything, anything that's in your visual so that, you know, your, your vision so that you can see that will remind you to ask yourself, how am I doing? What's happening here? Okay. Also, also, I've been talking a lot lately about the family roles with my clients because it plays so much when you go back into the household, into your you know family of origin household, right? I'm gonna tap into it today. I'm not gonna get into it. You know, I'll do that some other time. But what role, ask yourself this question, okay? What role was assigned to you in your family of origin? Again, the family of origin is the family that you were born into. And these roles, are given to you without even without you being cognizant of it okay it is subconscious it is it is given to you assigned to you subconsciously consciously by your parents right and these roles were set out way before you came along okay you just kind of like were born into them so let me tell you something in a healthy in a healthy, and I'll talk, I, I, I promise you I will talk more about this because I think it's very, very um, important for your healing. In a healthy family, you are allowed to express yourself as authentic as you, as you possibly want to express yourself. You are encouraged to seek out um, what you like, what you don't like, so that you get a sense to know who you are as a person and your parents will mirror you so that you learn how to live life like mirroring meaning they will if you're laughing they'll tell you you know that you're laughing this is when this is childhood development okay that I'm talking to you about but let's get back to these roles so in your family of origin were you given the role of the golden child you know the child that is very responsible, does everything fantastic, and can't do anything wrong, like completely perfect? Or were you the rescuer, which means you're taking care of everybody, you're rescuing everybody? Were you the mediator, the peacekeeper, right? Or were you the black sheep, the scapegoat? You know, this person is usually the person that is I call it like the identified patient because it is the patient that everything gets blamed on and it's usually the patient that needs the most psychological or medical care because they are, they are um, absorbing all of the toxicity of the family, most of them. And these people usually are the what we also call the, um, oh my goodness, what is it, the... Uh, the thermostat, right? So when the when the family gets really really violent, they start screaming. They get they get really really sick, and then 
um, they end up in the hospital, some of them, because they're just, you know, they tend to be the, uh, the patient, the one that, it, it's, a, it's a really sad role. But anyway, I'll get more into that some other time. Also, were you the invisible child, the one that was never seen, completely forgotten about? Were you the clown, the one that made everybody laugh, right? Or were you the truth teller? right? That nobody wanted to listen to because you spoke the truth. Guess who I was? So, I mean, if you're the truth teller and you say it like you say, like you see it, you know, tough nookies if you don't fucking like it, right? Then there's always a consequence for all of these roles, all right? So we can go into these family roles deeper at another time, right? But if you can identify what role you played in your family of origin or roles because sometimes there's more than one depending you know like in your childhood early years you played whatever role and then in high school was another one and then another you know whatever so depending on which role or roles you were assigned in your family ask yourself this question how am I still playing that role today and when I go to my family's house, what role do I have a tendency to fall into? Again, thank you for listening. And remember to leave me a five-star review. Leave me a comment. And thanks again. And if there's anyone in your life that will benefit from listening to this podcast, please be sure to share it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.